You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 54, airing on September 10th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how authentic leaders apologize. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our home office studio out here in beautiful Orange County, California, and I am joined by the amazing Bonnie Stahoviak, who is back. I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad to be back. And you're all probably wondering, where was she? <laughs> well, she you had a surgery about a week ago. I did. And uh, we thought you would be down for a couple of weeks, possibly. It, was, it wasn't, wasn't anything serious, just kind of a, um, I don't know, should we say what it was? Do you... Do you want to say? What I don't want to gross anyone. I mean, yeah. I don't know how people feel about it. It's, it's, you know, I had to be sliced into. Yeah, but it, I'm, I healed up quick. Anyway, nothing serious. She got sliced into. She got healed up quick. And I'm glad you're back. And I'm really excited that you're back because um, of the topic we are going to talk about today, which is. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny how when you you don't want to go into a lot of detail, but then you're like, I didn't have you know like any, it, it wasn't elective surgery. It wasn't like I didn't have like anything plastic surgery done or anything. No, so it no, is medically like necessary. And then we can move on now. We do we do live in Orange County, so it's probably good that we got the plastic surgery thing out of the way. Yeah, because I'm sure the listeners would just be pulling over their cars in shock. Probably. Yes. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we do live in Orange County. However, we do not know any real housewives of Orange County from the television. So, so just in case anyone was wondering. But we do live very close to apparently where that show is filmed. So uh, not that far away. Yes. Within walking distance, I think. Sort of. Maybe it's in Kodo to Casa. Yeah. Anyway, none of this is is relevant to the topic we're going to talk about today, which hopefully is going to be how authentic leaders apologize. Uh, speaking of which, I'm sorry about the night lights in the um, upstairs right now. Since we're talking about apologies, mm. we just moved into a new home, which some of you may remember if you've listened to the show at any length. And I went online and found these, what I thought was going to be amazing nightlights on amazon.com. I read all the reviews. I seriously spent like 45 minutes reading the reviews on nightlights, which goes to show you how good I'm doing prioritizing important things these days. And uh, the nightlights are awful. Well, it wasn't that they're awful nightlights. So I'm not sure that was the problem. So Dave gets all excited about the new nightlights that had come in the mail and he goes and plugs one in in the hallway between our master bedroom and bathroom, which passes by our closet. And then he plugs another one in in the bathroom stall itself directly at eye level if you're sitting on the toilet, which we women tend to do often, yes. if not all of the time. Sometimes in the middle of the night. Yes. Yes. So I go, first of all, I lay down to go to sleep and there's like a spotlight on my half of the bed because the hallway is on my half of the bed. So it's just like streaming down right directly in my eyes. Well, I didn't want to put on my side because it would have shined in my eyes. <laughs> and then I walk down the hall and use the restroom and it's a spotlight six inches from my eyes. Yeah. They're very bright nightlights. They're, they're bright. You don't have to worry about, uh, 
uh, you don't have to worry about not finding your way. So you would you want to continue your apology or did you want me? No, I think I'm done. And so I think right. we should. So I'm going to tell quickly about an apology that I made to my Vanguard students. Because if you've been listening for a while, you know that I am a university professor and I recently went back to teaching and I'm and, having so much fun. And this is a much better example of an actual real apology. Yes, unlike the an authentic fake, one. Yes, an authentic apology, yes. unlike the one I did. And we will actually get into some uh, important tools and resources here on how to apologize. Yes. And this apology I'm about to tell about has all three elements that an authentic leader would use in apologizing. Oh, okay, great. So I went back to teaching. And one of the things that's really important, particularly with setting a culture, whether you're just taking over as a leader or in my case, if you're leading a classroom, is kind of having, in some cases, people will kind of test you. And especially I teach 18 to 22 year olds. So there's kind of the testing the waters of just exactly what's this going to be like. And some of the listeners may have heard of Generation X. I know we did some, sorry, not not Generation X, Generation Y. We did some shows on the millennials. Mm-hmm. Yep, back last fall. Yeah, and so one of the things that sometimes with them, they have what are called helicopter parents in some cases, and they they just they weren't really allowed to fail, and so their parents will just swoop in like helicopters to rescue them. And so there oftentimes there are a lot more excuses about why stuff didn't get done in the beginning of a semester than I remember when I was in college because I was just terrified to talk to the professor, let alone not turn something in on time and let alone have a whole list of excuses. Why? I mean, that did, that didn't fly in my family. So it would not have occurred to me to do that while I was in school. So I do tend to be rather strict, particularly in the beginning of a semester. And about a third of my classes for many of my classes are actually held online, but they can go at their own pace and, and do it anytime during the week, as long as it's before the class would have normally been held. And so if they don't put that into their schedule, then they forget about it. And so then they'll go in, you know, one minute before it's due and can't figure out why they got kicked off of the quiz. Well, cause you didn't give your, it was past the due date and it's not, if it's past the time, the system kicks them out. So at any rate, I got confused because for years it's been Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday was the day for that deadline to hit. And then in this semester, it's Wednesday, Friday, and then Monday was the date for that date to hit. Hmm. Plus, I got confused because of Labor Day. So it just got to me this ridiculous thing. And so I ended up doing what I rarely do, which is to extend all of their dates, which you as a professor also don't want to be extending a lot of dates because then it can kind of cause some problems down the line. So I decided to apologize to them. And I, in front of the whole class, said, I'm going to apologize. And I'm also going to teach you how to do an effective apology. Oh. I'd like to say I'm sorry. And I'd like to say that I'm sorry about the fact that I was a little bit confusing with the quizzes and the dates and the times weren't quite clear and what was due when. And what I'd like to do is going forward, have us all kind of look at how this is going to appear visually and commit to each other when during the week we're going to do it and commit to you that I'm not going to change the deadlines or cause confusion like this in the future. Hmm. And so the three components of how an authentic leader would apologize are, Dave. So number one is saying that I apologize and doing so with some authenticity. So whether it's apologize or whether it's saying I'm sorry or something like that, of communicating that very clearly. Um, And then secondly is being specific about what it is that you're apologizing for and to 
own it. And I think this is something that a lot of times we tend to skip as leaders and just as people is we don't think about what it is that we, um, you know, we're apologizing for and we don't articulate that clearly. And then number three is to discuss how you will avoid it happening in the future. So if we're going to try to give a genuine and authentic apology in a leadership capacity, whether that's leading a classroom, whether it's leading a team, whether it is uh, in a family situation. Mm -hmm. I know you and I have both, uh, Bonnie's been a wonderful teacher for me on this. Um, You know, when we started our relationship, I, you know, would attempt to apologize, but not really use this model very well. And as a result, it never felt like a full true apology. And this, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, we talk about these three steps like it's just going to be the easiest thing in the world. Well, yeah. let's talk about some of the challenges that come up. So first of all, just to get the words, I'm sorry, out of our mouths sometimes, we have to sometimes step aside and determine for ourselves in this relationship as a leader or as a family member, as a loved one, whatever it is, what's more important to me? being right or restoring the relationship. And so if we tend to be people who want to be right all the time, it's very hard for us to apologize and own the pieces of whatever the conflict is that's happened that we participated in. And rarely in life, I think about the conflict that I've had in the business world. It is just so rare that it's just always one person. I mean, I, I, we always play a part in the game. We may come better equipped to have healthy work relationships, to be able to partner with people toward common goals, but boy, we are all capable of not being our best. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's that whole thing of, do I want to be right or can I actually sit down and, and also picking an appropriate time to do this so I can be looking you in the eye if at all possible. I mean, this is not something that takes place over a text message. It's not something that takes place over email. I mean, a true leader is going to sit down to your face, not have phones ringing, texts going up, but sit down, look you in the eyes, slow down, be fully present for that moment and say, I'm sorry. And you and I were talking right before we started recording this episode about examples and times and situations that we have seen leaders do that really effectively And one of the things that we were talking about is what are some examples of times we've seen leaders do that really well and particularly Mm -hmm. sit down and make eye contact and say, truly, I'm sorry. And I really have had a hard time thinking of an example where I've really seen someone do this really well. Uh, I'm racking my brain because so few people really do this well and do it genuinely. Uh, More often what happens is you hear an apology or you hear an I'm sorry and I know I've done this, uh, I'm sorry, but here's why I did what I did. And so it's it's not really an apology. What it is, is it's an apology, but really, it's more of an explanation of here's why I was justified in doing what I did. So that's not really an apology. Yeah. And I'm going to do something I've never done before on this show or any of the podcasts that we do. And that is to recommend something I haven't seen, but it's uh. from our friend, Julie Cowan, who I don't think she'll mind me mentioning her name. <laughs> she won't mind. Uh, she, yeah, she works with me at Vanguard and she had has just recommended her favorite TED Talk. Oh, it's her current favorite TED Talk. It's always good to add the word current in there just in case it winds up to not be. Have you seen this one? It's 
Bren Brown on vulnerability? No. Well, we're going to post a link to it in the show notes and Dave and I commit to watching it and would love for our listeners to watch it and also let us know what you think after you do. But it's a, it's a talk. Ted talk, by the way, is technology, education, and design. They do wonderful talks, most of which last 16 to 17 minutes. So you can really get through and you just are amazed at how much they're able to address in that short of a period of time. But it's about vulnerability. Hmm. And part of, I think, why we don't hear authentic apologies from our leaders is because it requires such a degree of vulnerability. And I think vulnerability in leadership is important, but I'm disappointed that we don't hold that up more as a value, something we treasure. Dave and I were watching the speeches from the Democratic Convention, and we had Bill Clinton speaking two, two nights ago. And then last night was President Obama. And I was thinking, I got on this little mental tangent about how we don't ever allow our presidents, past or present, and I'm sure, unfortunately, future, to apologize. Even when they legitimately did something to let our country down, that's something that they actually, if they ever give something that even remotely sounds like something, they're just criticized for for decades to come. And so what a sad thing that is that even our greatest leaders in the country can't model that for us. And I think that that's okay to, to be vulnerable, but it does, it does require that in order to make a true apology. So yeah, we'll look forward to watching that. And I, and I look forward to hearing what the listeners think as well when you take a look at it. Yeah. And that is something that I've also found whenever I've, and I've thinking back to a couple of situations where I've sat down with senior executives and talked about, their people that they're coaching and mentoring and and had conversations about the need for them to be vulnerable. And I'm thinking about a situation, you know, a couple of years ago where I was coaching a, a team member of an executive team and the, um, the leader of that team uh, was cl- clearly not being very um, transparent and authentic with some of the people that he was leading. And uh, we sat down and talked about vulnerability, and uh, it was a really scary topic for him. He shut down the conversation very quickly mm-hmm. because he just was not willing to um, appear at all like he was uh, vulnerable or wrong or or making errors. And I think that that's a really sad place to be as a leader where you have, for whatever reason, gotten to a point where you either feel like you can't make a mistake or uh, worse, feel like you have to cover one up mm-hmm. if you do make a mistake. Yeah, And so that's what I think we would hope for our audience is that as leaders that, that you would know <laughs> that of course we're all going to make mistakes, but then how to really approach it in an authentic and true way when you do make it. So we've looked at the first step a little bit more in detail now, which was that authentic, I'm sorry, and being fully present for that moment and ready to be vulnerable. And the second step, let's talk about a challenge that often comes up with the second step of specifying what it is. Here's something that I've unfortunately heard often in the personal and the professional, and that's, I'm sorry that you felt that way when I did that. Oh. I'm sorry that you misunderstood what I said. (laughs) It's kind of like, let me apologize, but not really let me insert an apology that's actually you should be making an apologize because ultimately what I'm telling you is you were wrong. It's, it's, it's a disguise. It's actually a little bit manipulative and, and certainly not belonging in an apology anywhere. I'm sorry that you misunderstood. I'm sorry that 
you didn't, you took that wrong. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a whole host of just variations on this theme. Yeah, and what's what's unfortunate too is that I've seen leaders make apologies like that. I'm sorry that you didn't understand. I'm sorry that you didn't do this. And then they believe that they've made an apology. And unfortunately, they haven't. And the other person, the other party doesn't feel like they've been really listened to or connected with. And they haven't been. And it really does. I mean, it really does come back to what the leader has done or not done in that situation to communicate authenticity and to own the apology. And certainly, Dave, you and I have both, we can recall no doubt arguments that we've had in the past where you start to do your own script reviewing to go back to, well, that is not what I said. I said these exact words. And it's kind of one of those, is that really the important thing in this particular argument, whether those exact words were or weren't exchanged? And I listened to this crazy good This American Life yesterday, and they did, there's a new podcast that's coming out that's just all, they want to do it like old time radio, how they used to do dramas on the radio a lot more, but they want to do it using some of today's tools for journalism and storytelling. Oh, I heard this. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. This was really, really It was crazy good. So it was a fictional story, but it could have been true. I mean, it, it was crazy good. And it was a story about a guy who was going on a first date and he was, he's recalling the conversation. He had some kind of an app installed on his phone. So he's able to listen back and here's an entirely different version of the telephone conversation that he was having than was really what he intended to say. And you think about the power of the inflection in our voices and the way things are said, not just the actual words, but the way in which they're said. And if we're not really in tune with ourselves and really self-actualized, really able to say, you know, there may have been something in my tone that I didn't intend that was coming across because I was angry, but I'm right feeling righteous now. And I don't want to admit that, you know, to get it back into this, I'm right, you're wrong thing. So you, you were clicking around on your keyboard. So I'm guessing we might be able to post that in the show notes. I can find it if we will, we will. Um, For those who aren't familiar, this American life is a radio show that's produced by uh, national public radio. And we will, uh, actually it's distributed by PRI. PRI, public radio international. Sorry. That's them. (laughs) Can you tell I listen to it often? (laughs) This, uh, this show is not our normal standard, high, high quality professional status, but pardon me. uh, Am I recreating the jingle for PRI? I apologize for criticizing you. <laughs> the reason I'm apologizing. But, I think uh, this, it's going to be your best show yet. This American Life is a uh, is actually the most popular podcast on iTunes. It's a wonderful um, it's a wonderful storytelling show, and it's a great show, by the way, to listen to to get great ideas on storytelling. Going back to our topic from a couple weeks ago, so we will find it. I don't see it online here. We'll track down that episode um, and the section that Bonnie's speaking of is a great, great case study in how it's not just about the words you say, it's how you say them. And so we'll yeah. we'll do an episode on that at some point as well, yeah. too. So let's jump ahead here to... Um, so the I third think piece. Yeah, let's jump ahead to the third piece. So discuss how you will avoid it happening in the future. Yeah, so sometimes this requires not just you prescribing it, because this is a relationship. This is something that needs to be restored between the two of you. So sometimes you actually have to partner with the other person 
in figuring out approaches, techniques, ways to work together to not have it happen again. And of course, this gets even more complex if you're talking about conflict that really requires multiple apologies from both parties. So sometimes it can help to try to isolate if you're starting to see patterns on something that happened to really try to isolate it down to things that can, you know, really avoid that from happening in the future. Yeah. And I think that this is where you, you make a good point here of this kind of being an ongoing pattern. I mean, if it's, if it's, you're apologizing for a one-time incident or something like that, or it's a more casual apology, you may not necessarily always utilize this third step, but in particular, where there's a pattern of something that's happened. Yes. Um, you've made uh, some mistake over time as a leader. Uh, that's something that really does bear having conversation about, okay, it's not just that I'm apologizing and here's why I'm apologizing, but also what am I going to do specifically that's going to take action to affect change? Yeah, I was just thinking about the other day, and I can't even remember when this was, but I'm not a person who just snaps at you, Dave, as like a regular habitual thing of mine. Mm -hmm. And so something happened where I did snap at you. And again, that's not something I normally do. So I just remember quickly saying, Dave, I'm sorry, I I just snapped at you and I I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And but it didn't require, you know a whole lengthy drawn out right. thing. I mean, I didn't think it required that. I mean, we moved on and you were like, cause you know, that's not my heart. That's not yeah. who I am. And that is not a habit that I, that I exhibit. Yeah, exactly. But, but if you're, if you're in a situation that is where something's happened over time, that is something that is, I think a lot of times, even people who give a good genuine apology, don't think to have the conversation about what's going to happen in the future. And I think mm-hmm. in particular, Bonnie, they don't, um, leaders don't engage people in thinking about how can we work together to resolve the situation. Yes. So, so they the, may come to their with their own ideas or their own thoughts, but they don't necessarily engage yeah. the other party and say, okay, how can we keep, you know, here's some ideas I have. What, what do you think we can do to keep this from happening again? Yeah. And if this was a professional context, this example I was using and snapping, and I was a leader who just had a habit of maybe saying things I didn't mean allowing myself to lose my cool when things, you know, got under the gun, that feeling of pressure, then if you work, perhaps, you know, you report to me, for example, that's not okay with me as a leader. And I would want you to know, Dave, you know, I want our relationship to be one where you can feel like you can come and alert me to things that are going wrong in the organization. And I don't want it to seem like I'm going to fly off the handle. And I'm noticing that I'm allowing the pressure to get to me and I'm allowing myself to say things that I don't mean and that don't represent how I want to be as a leader. And I'd like to talk to you a bit about how we could resolve that in the future. So one idea I would have, although I'd be interested in kind of if you have different ideas, but one idea would be if you hear me doing it, just to call my attention to it. Because I really, I I don't want it to be that I think about it the next day. I want it to be right then and there. Or um, perhaps if that's not something you're comfortable with, perhaps even saying, it sounds like Bonnie, you may just need a few minutes alone. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back in five minutes, just give you a little bit of time to think. And that, I mean, that could just be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that's tough. If you as a leader would have that kind of courage to try to make a change like that, if you find you've got some bad leadership habits like that, that's true vulnerability. That's true courage. And think about the trust that you're building up with that person. Yeah. And it is powerful if it's done well and done genuinely. I thinking actually of an example in the last week, uh, Bonnie, that uh, I was talking with one of our business partners and we were talking about some dynamics that haven't worked in um, 
with the organization we're partnered with in the past and um, how a couple of a, a couple of particular relationships where kind of communications been bounced back and forth and we sometimes haven't gotten clear answers on things. And uh, our business partner came back to me and said, you know what, I'm really sorry that happened. And if you run into that again, where you feel like you're getting the runaround from people, I want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. And that was really powerful because that that now um, helps out both of us. One, I feel like I was really listened to. Secondly, is if it does happen again, that I know that I have an open door now to engage in that relationship. And it's also going to be beneficial for them too, because we'll be able to um, address it much faster than in the past where there wasn't that open door and it was kind of something that had to fester for a while until it really got addressed. So done well, it can really, really be effective. And then the other, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, no, go ahead. Well, the other thing I was going to mention, and this isn't an on our list of three, but I think the other thing too, I, I've seen people do before, and I know in at least one case I've done this as well, is to not make the apology, not overdo it with the apology or um, try to just get attention with the apology. Yes. And that's something I've seen people do before. I think back to a situation very, very early in my career. I was going, uh, I had set up this, uh, I had set up a meeting with a client. I was going to talk to her organization and this was going back like 10 or 15 years. And um, we had spent months arranging this. And uh, it was an early morning meeting and I overslept and I missed the meeting. And I was a speaker. I was supposed to be with the whole bit. I was on the mm. agenda oh my. and I overslept. And I, it was one of those things where I woke up and it was already done. It wasn't even like I could have made oh, it, um, made it there late. And so I was, of course, like I had, it's that horrible sinking feeling you mm-hmm. have when you know you need to be somewhere and you completely missed it. And, um, and so what I did was I, I did apologize, but I also sent flowers and I did like this whole big deal. And she really responded well. She really appreciated mm-hmm. it. And actually, um, you know, we rescheduled it and she said really nice things about the situation and all that. So it resolved itself. But I, I looking back years later, I look at that and I realize, you know, my immaturity at the time of not really knowing I was genuinely trying to apologize, but mm-hmm. really what. I realized now I was doing is I was trying to make the apology event a bigger, like by sending flowers and all kinds of yeah. stuff. I was really trying to overshadow the mistake that I had made yeah. where it's became the apology became more memorable than what I actually did. Yeah. And yeah. so it wasn't really a, as genuine as I would like it to have been. And I think that that's where um, I, I see people like make the apology, the event and really, mm-hmm. you know, it, and then it becomes, it's very almost narcissistic yes. where it becomes about the leader and it becomes about, here's this great apology yes. I'm doing and how now, you know, the world owes me lots because I'm making this big apology. And that's not an apology either, really. Because part of what you're describing too, I think, sorry, let me tell you what you're describing. <laughs> Please do. And then I'll apologize and <laughs> okay. send flowers. Awesome. So part of what I, what I, what resonates with me with what you're describing is this whole idea too, is that there's some control in that because mm. then there's the potential manipulation of the other person has to forgive you, quote unquote, has to forgive you. Oh yeah. Because there is that when we apologize, you set it free because it may be that your apology goes to a person who it is p- potentially not ready to be received. And it might be ready to be received because truly 
you still need some work to do to restore that trust because of whatever it is that you have done. It also could be that the other person just is not equipped for having that kind of authentic communication. And so you can feel like you have done your part. You're going to, you worked the apology and then you're going to commit to whatever it is that you've committed to. But the other person just isn't prepared to join you on that same path that you're on in terms of those trust-based relationships. As you're listening, one of the things that I'm hopeful you may think to do is uh, take a moment to hop onto our website and check out the notes for the show. And for a few reasons, one is you'll get these three pieces that we'll have up there. We'll, of course, have the links to the things we've mentioned as well, too. So the TED Talk, the uh, show from uh, uh, This American Life. And that way you'll have some resources to tune into. But I'd also suggest that you go online um, and take a look at the discussion forum there because I'd really love to hear mm-hmm. some examples of things that have really worked well, but also things you've seen that leaders have done that have not worked well in apologizing because I think there's a lot we can learn from what leaders have done well and haven't done well that will help all of us to improve. And of course, the way to get there is coachingforleaders.com forward slash 54. That'll take you right to the show notes. And that way you can add in your wisdom as well. And that's funny because that's what I was going to say before is we're talking about apologies, but I would love to hear from the community as well. So I'll be watching the comments section. And uh, Bonnie, thanks for uh, jumping in here and uh, joining me on this topic. I'm so glad to talk to you. I think we I think we got there at the end of the day here. We thanks hit all three having, of these points. Thanks for we? having me here. Oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. I'm recording this part of the show a little bit after the main part of the show that you just heard. And Bonnie and I have both since gone and watched that video on vulnerability that she had mentioned earlier in the show. And uh, boy, let me tell you, what a fantastic video. Uh, Forget about leadership. If you're a human being and listening to this, you should go listen to that video on vulnerability. It's about 20 minutes. You can watch it on the TED website. Uh, what a great, great overview of the subject and really gets you thinking about vulnerability and the importance of it. And of course, if you are a leader, uh, you want to be thinking about vulnerability and being honest and being genuine in showing up and how you lead people. So I'd really encourage you to check that out. I am going to put a link here on the show notes. And the best way to get to the show notes again is to go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash 54. This is episode 54. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com forward slash 54. That'll get you there. And of course, audio feedback, always welcome, 94938LEARN. That's how to do it by phone and email feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Before I let you go this week, I wanted to say thank you to Peter Tridell, Mary Kelly, and Kurt Alibach. Thank you so much for liking our page on Facebook. And I wanted to mention here, I know I've mentioned the Facebook site that we have set up uh, for folks who are part of the listening community uh, on a few episodes in the recent past. I want to let you know what I'm doing with that. Uh, What's going on the Facebook site is uh, no, not what I had for breakfast or anything like that. Uh, What's going up there is uh, I do a lot of reading during the week and, uh, you know, try to tap into a lot of different resources and tools and magazines and professional publications on leadership and coaching. And anytime I find an article that I think is a good article for leaders, what I am doing is trying to get that up on the Facebook page. So you'll see one or two uh, posts a day on 
just some good articles and good solid information that I think will be helpful to you if you're part of this listening community. And if that sounds like something that's of interest to you, if you're a Facebook user, uh, you don't even need to get on a Facebook. You can just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. And if you type that into your web browser, it'll take you right to our Facebook page. You can hit like and we'll take it from there. And then uh, just a reminder that if you haven't already, uh, you can hop onto our newsletter subscription. I am going to start sending out information via email uh, about once, maybe twice a month with some additional tools, resources, things that'll help you to be more effective as a leader. And I'm definitely planning on putting some things on there that I don't include in the episodes that I don't include on the Facebook page. So there'll be even more information there. And a reminder that you can also get the 10 books that will make you a better leader if you subscribe, just as a thank you for subscribing to the newsletter. And so if that is of interest to you, just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe, and that'll take you to a page where you can subscribe and you'll get access to the 10 books video and download right away as well. And hey, I wanted to say thank you as well to all the folks listening to us out there on Stitcher. Our audience has really grown on Stitcher in the last month or so. Uh, If you're listening on Stitcher, thank you so much for listening to us, being a part of our community. And if you haven't already, add us onto your favorites list and that way you'll continue to get updates. Just hit that little star button on your app or on the webpage. And if you like this episode and you're a Stitcher user, give us a little thumbs up and that'll let us know that we're doing great and help other people find us as well. So thank you so much in advance. And if again, if you're looking for the link to the show notes for this episode, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash 54. Hey, if this is your first time listening, we do air this episode, this show every single Monday. So come back again next Monday. And finally, you know what I'm going to say, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, Take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everyone.